Any views or opinions expressed on KUR are not necessarily those of Kutztown University, Kutztown University Student Government, Kutztown University Student Services Incorporated, KUR staff and management or other affiliated organizations. Welcome back to the Paranormal Express. I'm glad you put the mic's choker back on. Yes. Oh, your mic's not on. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> turned it off after. <laughs> That's how choked it was. I couldn't even get any sound out. Okay. <laughs> yes. Hello. Welcome back. We're here. We're here. I can hear myself. This is great. Whoa. I love it. Yes. That's the whole idea. <coughs> um, you're back on board the Paranormal Express. Yes. And uh, I was trying to figure out how I was going to segue into the topic, but I don't think I have a good one. We're, we're on the hunt for some good topics, and I think hunt. we finally pinned one down. Mm. Um, that was an interesting it way works. to say it. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, monster hunters. Kind of. It, it, like, it's more like hunt. Well, for me, it's more like hunting and mythology, and I yeah. think for you as well a little bit, but also folklore. Yeah, it's it's there's folklore. There's like legit. I actually wanted to find a real person in history that hunted the paranormal. Yeah, um, and then I found another person who I was, found some things like that, but I don't know if I'm going to talk about them or not. Yeah, I mean this one is a very touchy. I mean, we could also talk about like the people who look for Bigfoot and stuff like that. I actually do have like a that. cryptozoologist in my lineup, oh, okay. so I will be talking about that. Yes, there you go. Uh, so if I may start, may I start? Go ahead. Okay, awesome. Um, so I wanted to talk about, I just wanted to get this topic out of the way cause it's, I, I, in, I am in no way wanting to, uh, legitimize the history of this person or anything. Cause this was during a very different time. Um, I think I'm giving it too much power by going, Ooh, this is a touchy subject. It's not, we all understand what happened back then and everything. There's and, a lot of, um, yeah, gross things from history, gross um, in a more general sense than, you know, what people yeah, would not, not just think. grotesque or revolting, but actually yeah. just like it's, it's detestable stuff yes. um, just because of how culture and everything inf infects it. And that's why we always we always try to go. Yeah, we're not the most official on this. We just like talking about it. So I'm going to talk about Matthew Hopkins, uh, who was an English citizen active in East Anglia that held the only official unofficial title official, of unofficial. Witch that's Finder a, that's General. That's probably the best way yes. to call him. I say unofficial official because it was never recognized by Parliament. No. However, he was still given the title of Witch Finder General. Um, yeah, he mo yeah, at first so. he gave himself that title. He though. did, yes. Uh, he became to no be known <clears throat> by it as his business grew Basically, and everything, yes. which is literally what I'm going to call it. It's a business. It was him making money on a panic that took the lives of many, many innocent people, and that's where the touchiness of the subject was coming from. But I just wanted to talk about somebody who was 
if you could say it like legitimately believe they were hunting ghosts or not ghosts they were hunting witches they were hunting the paranormal um so his career though only being three and a half to four years long hopkins himself was responsible for over 100 executions of alleged witches this accounted for nearly four times the amount for the previous 100 years um so his father was James Hopkins. He was a Puritan clergyman and a vicar to St. John's of Great Wenham. And this was giving Matthew a deeper culture and the stern Christian practices of Puritanism. In, 19, in 1644, I keep saying 19, I was doing that earlier. Oh, yeah, 1644, <clears throat> Hopkins had overheard women speaking of meetings with the devil. Mm -hmm. Not much information behind that, but it's probably them just going, let's go dance in the woods. And of course... Puritan religion and many, many, or maybe pretty... even just saying, let's go meet in the woods because even that was like, oh yeah, no, yeah, women doing things without because men's, like, yeah, they um, wanted more freedom and like this is the one way to get it, yeah, or like you know, be away from the men in their lives, yeah. Unfortunately, back then, Who women were probably wanting very any kind of individualism from men was very, very uh, unorthodox, yeah. Um, and of course, orthodox Puritanism believed, um, and even more recently, like I found out. That's so weird. I talk, I spoke to somebody legitimately who was a Mennonite, oh. and they don't even believe in dancing. Oh, and that's what those <coughs> meetings with the devil were: was women right. dancing, and usually and yes. that was very, very um, sinful. It was only believed that those that were uh, loose with themselves and sinning could dance. Like they didn't even have music, man. They had yeah. hymns. That was about it. Um, so after this, he began to search for witches. Following these experiences, he was called a not a witch finder, witch scout, I believe was what it was. Uh -huh. Just like trying to identify people who could be suspects as to a witch or performing witchcraft. Um, his partner, John Stern, uh, Stern, Stern, John Stern had made the first 23 accusations out of his uh, over 100 um, soon following that. And they were tried in Kelmsford in 1645. The English Civil War was drawing too many legitimate justices away from these proceedings, so foul play, unfortunately, was really consistent in these trials, um, as lesser-trained officials gave the judgment for execution. Uh, no records at the time show persons being charged and executed on cases of witchcraft by any judge or any court of justices except the justices of Assize, uh, which was a court that was actually removed uh, maybe about 20 to 30 years later with a mm -hmm. court act, uh, an act of courts that had been put into play by parliament that was limiting a lot of this power because there was so much, so, so many, like, um, what's the word? Judges being paid off by people to, to give false, um, false uh, 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 verdicts and things like that. Oh, right, yes. Um, so, I mean, that was heavily, that was so easy to weigh, especially during the panic of witches and everything, um, which had gone on for hundreds of years at that time. Uh, so Hopkins and Stern had moved on to hire a woman, the woman, uh, who performed the pricking, which if you don't know what the pricking is, is was a test for witches using a... Um, a bodkin, I guess, technically. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to think of the term earlier, and I think that's the term. It was kind of like a needled stake. Yeah. And uh, um, if it, it, what was it that if they didn't bleed, 
Yeah, if they didn't bleed, then they were a witch. Yeah. Which is why there were some people. I don't think Hopkins was one of them. Yeah. But uh, there were some people who would have fake bodkins that would, like, be, you know how, like, there's the way stage knives. knives. Yeah, yes. stage knives. Like, where they were like that. Collapse in, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, they basically created a witch hunting empire. They would charge uh, as little as 23 pounds a town to perform trials and investigations. Some of their methods being uh, searching the body for birth defects, uh, finding the devil's mark so easily planted by, oh, it's a little red with three marks. Ooh. Oh, it could be anything. You could yeah. have a freckle. Yeah, yeah, freckle, mole. Um, anything, a skin tag. Yeah, literally anything. any anything seemed to be a, a, a malformation of the body mm. or, or a birth defect or anything like that. Really, really easy to sway it in that way. Because there's many trials that they had that literally only went on the basis of, of physical. Because still, the only thing that was holding it together was the fact that they still did require physical proof. But the amount of such, like, ridiculously swayed physical proof they could show. Um, like, literally, like, if you've ever seen the, the film Monty Python, there's that, that scene. Uh, um, She's a witch. Bye. Where they checked yeah. for the witch, and the methods they use so stupid and comical, but that's literally what they would do. Yes. Like, oh, witches could float, so they're they're the, a yeah. duck, <laughs> yeah. Um, so after his horrendous reign as 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 witchfinder general, uh, only lasting three years, causing so many deaths, he died of tuberculosis in 1647 um, at the age of 28. So, ha ha, die early. <laughs> that's what I mean. What was the um, uh, Rip Bozo? Is that what some Rip people Bozo, yes, kept saying yeah. for a while? I mean, um, he was a Bozo. So, yeah, probably one of the or the most infamous witch hunter of the time. Right. And that was even, like, a time that was kind of after, like, where the the, the Salem witch trials took place. Because that was in the more earlier 1500s. Right, yeah. But that's, um, that's probably a good time to go to our first yeah, break. Yeah, exactly. I am done with that. You so. are listening to the Paranormal Express. We will be right back. Hello. Thank you for listening to the voice of Kutztown University Radio, KUR. We'll be right back to Paranormal Express shortly. But first, attention KU community. KUR podcasts a good sampling of our programming regularly on multiple different platforms. Some of our best talk programming can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Simply open your Spotify or Apple Podcasts and search for Kutztown University Radio and then listen to the many great podcasts featured. Some of our older podcaster programming is still available on YouTube. Search for Kutztown University Radio to find them. Finally, some of our best music-based programming is podcasted on Mixcloud. To go to our Mixcloud page, www.mixcloud.com slash KUradio to listen on demand. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome back. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Gals and non-binary pals. You're listening to the Paranormal Express. We were just talking about uh, was it John Ma- about Ma- Matthew Matthew Hopkins, Hopkins right? Uh, the infamous. I would want to call him a serial killer with the amount of atrocities he performed, but it was a witch hunter. Yes, he was a witch hunter. Yeah, serial killer, witch hunter. What's the difference? I mean, with the amount of innocent people he killed. Yeah, true. Um, anyway. Do you have anything else to add on there? No, I think I'm good for now. Okay. Well, I am guess I'll go into my uh, probably biggest topic then. Just because it's, it's a very broad idea, I guess. I don't know if I should call her an idea. But uh, it's Lady Artemis, Mistress of the Hunt. Mm. 
Yes. She, um... Yeah, so she's the Greek goddess of the hunt, of animals, nature, uh, virgins, I think, like virgin maidens. Mm -hmm. Um, All of her um, followers take vows to never marry, or uh, they stay celibate. Um, They basically just forsake men. There was one male hunter of Artemis, though, excluding Orion, because Orion's... Orion being a friend of Artemis is just not true. (laughs) I'm going to say that now. Mm -hmm. It's not true. That is a later distinction made by Renaissance storytellers because they're like, this is a nice story. It's like, okay, sure. But uh, it's not how the original theology went. Mm -hmm. Originally, I guess I'll start with that part then, just going off of my memory, because I did have a, there was a thing. I had a a source that talked about, yeah, so the the version of Orion being like her friend and consort um, was like, another hunter well known to the Greeks was Orion. Uh, he was a companion of Artemis, and according to at least this one account from the Renaissance, he was hunting with Artemis, and he boasted that he could kill any living thing on Earth, which Gaia didn't like. Gaia is the Earth primordial concept of what the Earth is. Um, Mother Earth is another, I guess, name for her. Um, she didn't like that boast, so she sent a scorpion to kill Orion, which is depicted in star signs with Orion, the you know constellation, being chased mm-hmm. by the scorpion or Scorpio. Gotcha. Um, or well, that's one interpretation of Scorpion. Uh, there's another version, which is where Orion had a re- close relationship with Artemis. What the hell? Whatever. Something was outside the window. Um, Spooky. It's fine. Uh, Sorry, I'm trying to retract my train no, of thought. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, he had a close relationship with Artemis, but Apollo didn't like that. And so one day, Apollo challenged Artemis to hit a tiny dot that was on the horizon swimming. And she did, and it was Orion. And she killed him. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that, those are the Renaissance-styled ones. Uh, the Scorpion's one thing. Like, uh, all right, sure, whatever. Uh, but the real story of Orion is that he used to chase the Pleiades, which is another constellation which was Artemis's, well, they were Artemis's friends. They, they, Artemis liked the Pleiades. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think it was the Pleiades anyway. I could be wrong. That part I didn't find. I'm going I just can't imagine. Memory. You see that, that man shaped a dot on the horizon? Shoot it. <laughs> He's like, I bet you can't shoot it. I bet you can't shoot it. That's what he would say, yeah, because it was a challenge. And she was like, oh, I yeah. can. And then she did it. Because of course she did. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, the version with Orion that's, more original like from the the past when the ancient greeks were a thriving civilization and this religion was the original version of this religion at least was uh practiced i guess i'll say um she uh she did not like orion they were sort of enemies because he would he was hunting the pleiades mm-hmm. uh and i if that's the right constellation he was hunting a group of women that were friends of artemis to make it as vague as possible, but they, I'm pretty sure they'd be, because uh, Artemis went to Zeus and uh, pleaded with him to stop Orion, and what he did was turn her friends into stars. <laughs> yeah, to save them from Orion. That's and then Orion cool. died somehow? Oh no, that's what it was. Artemis was mad about that, and she was like, I hate Orion, so I am going to send the scorpion after him, which is, this is where the scorpion comes into play. Yeah. Again. And the scorpion kills him, and then Zeus, you know, feeling bad for Orion, makes him stars. 
so that he could forever chase the Pleiades or whatever star sign it was. I think it was oh, the Pleiades. Oh, my Lord. He also made the scorpion there, you know, so Orion wasn't too comfortable or, you know. But just to make it interesting, let's <laughs> put a scorpion there. I feel like Zeus, you know, Dionysus may be the god of wine, but I feel like Zeus was probably off his rocker most of the time. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's the that's that part of Artemis. But there's a there's a bunch else with Artemis that I he was god of being absolutely insane. Can and we'll talk about a little bit, but we will have we do have another uh, break coming up here in a few minutes. Um, the the station is, I guess this time I can say the station's on the horizon. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a few other stories of um, Artemis, and uh, a lot of them are her getting revenge or uh, avenging. Uh, herself or others like mm-hmm. i guess the scorpion would be one thing um but i guess one to actually have a monster i guess uh, orion's kind of a monster because he was a giant and they're often depicted as monsters yeah. especially in mythology um but python was a giant dragon serpent which uh most stories just have apollo slaying python yeah which is how he um gains control of delphi i think um, where he becomes, you know, he becomes the god of oracles yeah. and stuff. Um, so what, uh, but in this version, I suppose, I don't know what other versions besides the one, I guess most of them are just Apollo slaying Python, but this one has Artemis and him doing it because Python would pursue their mother, Leto, uh, during her pregnancy. Um, and so they, they basically, they just got a ven- they got vengeance for her. They went and slew the monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one, which is another giant that she slew, I guess. Um, this uh, this monster t- attempted to assault her mother, Leto, uh, when she was passing through a region that he, I guess, controlled or lived in. And so Apollo and Artemis here also rescued their mother and then also slew the giant with their arrows, it says here specifically. Dispatching him to Hades and eternal torture as punishment for his offense. Fitting. Always, always, always banishment with eternal torture. <laughs> Pretty it. much, yeah. Basically, it means he went to Tartarus. Um, there's the one about Orion. Oh. Oh, this one's kind of... This one's a softer version of another one. So there's two stories. I'll tell the darker one, I guess, after the break, unless I can get to it in time. Um, but th- this one's very short because it's just... This, this kid's name is Cypriotes, Cypriotes, I guess. He was a boy who was transformed into a girl by Artemis because he accidentally came across her bathing. That's that's it. That's all it says here. Sounds like the plot of an anime. Kinda. I feel like they would build an anime off of that. And that's always how they start one of those rom-coms. Yeah, pretty much. I guess I can probably do the other one. It's also pretty short. Um, so there was another hunter uh, guy he was, uh, I think a th- he was from Thebes. That, okay, he was from Thebes. Um, and he invoked the wrath of Artemis because he also stumbled upon her bathing, but he couldn't avert his gaze. And so she turned him into a deer okay. and had his hounds tear him apart. You know what? I was going to say, that in that case, a little bit more understandable if he couldn't. Like, come on, dog. I mean, it's a goddess. I mean, yeah, she's probably, like... You don't know what magic is going to get into his eyes. Yeah, you're right. 
If you if you have a of godlike if you have a, a physique of godlike proportions, I, I bet it's trans inducing. Yeah, especially for it's that other guy. Magic. There's probably he a, was very trans. Probably a '90s pop song about it. I didn't like that joke. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I glazed right over it. <laughs> I said it was very trans inducing for one guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was transformed into a woman. Anyway, we have reached the station. We will be right back. Make sure you grab your snacks and your 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 goodies. Yeah, you gotta go to the the, the station gift shop. Yeah, <laughs> get your Paranormal Express memorabilia. Oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> Here at KUR, we like to think we're doing something that not many of those corporate-owned radio stations out there do any longer, providing our listeners with local content provided by local KU students and staff, interspersed with some of the finest and national content available. From our transitional format called Radio for Pets to all the great student specialty shows which range from rock to rhythm and blues to country to folk to world music to indie music to jazz and much more right down to various educational talk programs and live sports on the weekend KUR is the perfect package check out our on-air schedule by going to our website at www.kutztown.edu slash KUR that's www.kutztown.edu slash KUR and if you ever have any comments about our programming something you'd like or don't like don't hesitate to email us at KUR at kutztown.edu that's KUR at kutztown.edu thanks for listening to your campus and community radio station right here at Kutztown the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Hello? Hi, I found your name on the internet. I'm going through a foreclosure. Can you help me? <laughs> Absolutely, ma'am. What we do is simple. We leverage your transitory expenditures into a fiduciary trust to help keep your equity totally solvent. Then we're going to blah blah your assets to hedge against any impending IPOs or DVDs. Now, it's important to massage the assets, then exfoliate and apply a light cream. Standard procedure. And then, of course, that money goes into my private account. I don't get it. Well, you don't have to. If you're facing foreclosure, there are a lot of companies promising to help you. All of the information can be really confusing. But who should you trust? The HOPE Hotline. The HOPE Hotline is a free resource connecting you with HUD-approved housing counseling agencies available 24 hours a day who understand your situation. Since 2007, they've helped over 5 million people get the clarity and information they need. Call the HOPE Hotline at 888-995-HOPE. That's 888-995-4673. Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. KUR. Oh, again, guys, guys, oh I, love I love Jared. I love Jared, but up in your the radio voice of Kutztown University. And that's two or three stations do not have exclusive merchandise at the gift shop. Not yet. For Paranormal Express. We're, we're trying to expand. Yes. We're making sure. Yeah, we're thinking about breaking into a restaurant business for uh, Paranormal Express. Uh... You know, like we're gonna have mm. like treat tracks and and yeah, of and. Cause I like that uh, that uh, ice cream, the like hunting tracks or whatever ice cream. Uh, uh, uh moose tracks. Moose tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be like moose tracks, but it's gonna be treat tracks. Uh, and, train tracks. Uh, train train. Yeah, we should just call it train tracks at that point, and um, references to like our favorite topics and stuff yeah. on the menu, probably. 
I want to read this one just because I like the guy's name, but also I don't like the guy because he he did something awful. Oh it's boy. very short. It's okay. not well. It's it's awful. I mean, it's mythology. So yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. But uh, the guy's name is Bufagos. B o u p h a g o s. B o u p h. Pronounced boof. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, guess. I love the word boof as just the word. I'm it's sorry. A, this is off topic, but there's a streamer I like named Boof. Really? Yeah, That's she's an in the Oxcast. I love that name. But yeah, Bufagos or Bufagos. He's an Arcadian man who attempted to assault uh, Artemis. I'm saying assault. Yeah. But uh, it's a strong. That's putting it. That's actually putting it lightly. Yes. So it, it is all the same, but yes. Yeah. She, in her wrath, struck him down with deadly arrows. Okay. That's the entire thing. Yeah, that's he's, good. He's just gone. Um, good for that. Consequences. Oh. I'm sorry. Buffa Ghost just sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> that uh, Buffa Lant. I'm trying to find the... Uh, there was one... Okay. No, this is the start of it. Dude, I, I, I don't remember if I mentioned when we did video game topics and I talked about Pokemon... I, I didn't yep. know how many new Pokemon were going to be really good to talk about with yeah. the most recent release. There's a yeah. lot of, like, like uh, 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 Grievard and Pokemon like that are going to be fun mm -hmm. to talk about. So I did find the other another myth that I wanted to talk about with uh, in regards to Artemis. Mm -hmm. I like this one a lot. Um, I think there's, uh, there's some YouTube channels that did uh, videos on this specific one, mm -hmm. but I, I'm not going to go too in-depth with it. I think they may have. I don't remember. It might be a short one, too, though. Um, mm. Another so the, the there's a myth with uh, Artemis about how she um, defeated two giants. Um, I mean, there's many other giants she's defeated, but two at the same time. They had uh, these these brothers were um, named Otis, Otis the giant, and uh, Ephialtes the giant. Um, oh, they're gonna say Milo, <laughs> Milo no. and Otis. No, uh, they were jealous of the gods of Olympus, and so they captured Ares. And kept him in a jar for like a few years. I don't remember how long. For a oh, while. It's like a gin. Kinda. Cool. But he was trapped in that jar and kind of mad. Um, I would be very mad. I, I mean, it's Ares. Of course he's mad. Um, so they kept him as a prisoner for however many years. I don't remember how long exactly it was. Until I forget who. I think it was Hermes, Artemis, and someone else hatched a plan to uh, get him back. And so. But Artemis's part in that plan was basically to distract the hunters, or, mm -hmm. well, these uh, giants. So what she did was, in this version, they say she turned into a deer and jumped between them. Uh, okay. And then she jumped out of the way because they were trying to kill the deer, and so they threw spears at it. But she jumped out of the way, and the spears hit each other, and they died. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, there's another interesting, like sort of tidbit about these two mm -hmm. I forget I think one of them I forget which one was they, they both had crushes on one of the Olympian goddesses or two of them they were as separate. you do yeah I forget which one was which I think Otis was in love with Hera <laughs> good choice okay yeah she's absolutely gonna leave Zeus for you um, and then Ephialtes, <laughs> yeah, the goddess of marriage. Yeah, she's gonna leave. Uh, she's gonna leave her husband. Yeah, she's gonna, the goddess of marriage gets divorced. I could see that on on the Daily Mail. <laughs> that's be a, uh, on GodTube. God. That's in. Uh, that's from Dragon Ball Super, I believe. That's what they call it. It's in the manga. Yeah. GodTube. Yeah, but Ephialtes, I'm pretty sure he was in love with Artemis. 
Okay. Yeah, and that, that that's the other tidbit, basically. But yeah, they killed each other with their own spears. Tragic. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, yes. They, blo- they uh, blocked each other. There's also, I didn't realize this. I knew about Agamemnon, and I think a lot of people might from the like movie about Troy and the Trojan War and stuff. Yeah. Because uh, he was, you know, the one of the major antagonists, I guess, to Achilles. Cause, but he was on Achilles' side, technically. It also, by default, sounds like you have peanut butter in your mouth when you say Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Yeah, Agamemnon. He was um, he was a Greek leader, a general, I guess. He um, I forget where he. I don't. Was he a leader of Sparta? I don't think so. Maybe. Let me look up really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, the story of Agamemnon there with Artemis is he made her mad. <laughs> As all these people do, basically. He basically, a lot of it is just, oh, at least this one's not as bad as some of the others. He just boasted about his own hunting skills and said that he was better than her, Mm -hmm. which Artemis doesn't like. And a lot of the gods don't like that. It happens with Athena, too. No. Like with Arachne. They're prideful. Oh, yeah. They're going to suffer from that. So this, the punishment was um, a hunting-related... The Oh, though his punishment was for another hunting-related act. Uh, he killed a deer in a grove that was considered sacred to Artemis, basically. So Artemis didn't care about him saying that he was better than her or being good at hunting, okay. I guess. But she did care when she when he killed something that was sacred to her. Um, yes. And so that... What did she do, though? Uh, oh, of course, at the beginning of the Trojan War, she stopped his fleet from being able to leave um, to go fight. Okay. And so to appease him, at the beginning of the Trojan War, uh, he sacrifices his own daughter to her. Iphigenia was her name. Mm. Yes. To appease Artemis. Okay. And that's what lets him leave. There's more about that that I can go quickly into after this break, but we're at yeah. the station now. Ah, okay. No memorabilia here. Yes. But we'll be right back. Oh, bathrooms are nice, though. We do have a quick message from Mr. James. He is back. (laughs) Okay, guys. What the flick? (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Welcome back. Hey, Google. Oh, now you're not going to listen to me. Okay, well, all right. Welcome back. Here we are. Back on board the Paranormal Express. Thank you for um, joining us, guys, gals, and on Thank you for bells. putting up with us. It's more like <laughs> it recently. No, yeah, we're good. Okay. You said you had a little bit more on your previous Oh, uh, yeah, just for Iphigenia. Um, I mean, there is plenty more about... Would you just call me? <laughs> There's plenty more about uh, uh, Artemis if I really wanted to get into it. But, yeah, Iphigenia. Um, there's another story that was written after the Trojan War when Agamemnon goes back to, um, back home, basically. To the future. To win his, uh, to home to his wife. And I don't know if he had another kid. But, uh, his wife being upset about their, the, the murder, essentially, of their daughter by her father. Uh, mm-hmm. well, her husband. If they're talking about the wife. Um, she murders him. I think she kills him while he's bathing. I don't remember. Exactly. I forget which story that's in. But oh, that's basically it. Okay. That's how Agamemnon supposedly dies. Ah. Justly so. Although not justly to the ancient Greeks. Okay. Interesting. Oh, there's a play called Iphigenia. That might be about what it has to do with. It might be that play. 
So you had a your next topic, correct? Yeah, I just found something insane on this uh, article about this person that I'm about to talk about. Um, so if you're not familiar with the world of cryptids, uh, there's actually a whole, although some people say it's pseudoscience, scientific profession behind it called a cryptozoologist. Uh, the same way that a zoologist is someone who studies animals, species, and things like that. There's a cryptozoologist, which is the same, but studies cryptids. Cryptids are just a, a blanket term for uh, inexplainable creatures and beings and uh, your classic Mothman, Bigfoot, um, things like that. They kind of are separate from like... I, you could call vampires and werewolves cryptids, but really cryptids just Do you want to know what, the, what I feel is the OG cryptid? Yeah. The basilisk. The basilisk. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I'm going to talk about it. So. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Um, just because uh, when I think of cryptids, I think of American mythology and folklore with yeah, yeah. just like creatures and, I mean, and instances of weird paranormal beings, true. things like that. Um, like, I think one of the first ones I ever learned about was the chupacabra. Mm. And that, that was in Doesn't like that a, mean like goat sucker or something like yes, that? Yes, yeah. That was like because it's like a vampiric creature that preys on goats, goats, goats cattle, things like yeah. that. Just because I remember talking about it during Halloween in Spanish class in like I third just remember grade. the Scooby Doo about it. About yeah. Chupacabra. Um, and I remember that being like the scariest thing I ever heard of. And then Ooh. I and then yeah. I grew up. God, it's terrifying. <laughs> then you watch Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so who I want to speak of is Lo Lo what a weird way to <laughs> who I shall speak of now. Uh, Lauren Coleman. Um, he was born 1947, an American cryptozoologist who has written nearly 40 books on a number of topics, including the pseudoscience and subculture of cryptozoology. So why I like Lauren Coleman is because though he is a fanatic as we are of paranormal and mythology, folklore, things like that. He's on the fence as to the legitimacy of accounts of cryptids, though he wants to research them as a way to educate people and as well as to dispel and debunk uh, except in cryptozoology. And I, I love when people do that, when their, their passion for their topic drives them to be a defender of it, not a gatekeeper, but a defender of it in, in instances where people kind of ruin the idea and ruin it for people when they go overboard uh, explaining things that they want to say oh yeah it's real but like no 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 let's debunk this mm -hmm. um so uh some of his books are about bigfoot the a to z on cryptozoology things like that hey that rhymes that's neat um so he has uh he's uh curated many exhibitions at at uh museums based on cryptozoology things like that um uh he himself has established the cryptozoology museum in 2003 uh, do you want to guess where it is? Where, where does all the weird stuff happen, oh, usually? Ohio. Ohio is a good answer. It is north-ish. Okay. Well, no, no, no. This is as I far know. north as you can go, honestly. Oh, okay. Um, Maine? Besides, yeah, Portland, Maine. Yeah. You know, keep Portland, Maine weird. <laughs> uh, not Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah, Maine, Portland, Maine. Uh, America's second favorite Portland. Yes, exactly. Um, so, My and and will be upset with me for that. Uh, <laughs> This museum has a, an interesting collection of creatures. It's like a lot of like artistic renditions and some like 
all like here's a mock skeleton of what this thing looked like one of the coolest things he actually has is um the 2008 um debunked uh bigfoot corpse mm-hmm. that was uh, reportedly found when honestly it was just a makeshift suit that was stuffed full of uh animal organs and stuff to make it look like a legitimate body Though after lots of forensic science went into it, they found that, oh, yeah, this was from this animal and this animal. So honestly, kind of creepy in the end when you think about it. But um, and that that was one of those things that he had done. One of uh, an interesting thing is Coleman's has a master's degree in psych- psychiatric social work and was a consultant for the Maine Youth Suicide Program for nearly a decade. He authored several manuals and trained over 40,000 professionals and paraprofessionals statewide. A specific concern continues to be cases of murder-suicide among the young, as well as the possibility of clusters. Uh, So suicides, shootings, workplace violence, things of that, and influence of media coverage. Um, So he wrote a book called Suicide Clusters and the Copycat Effect, Mm. which is research into the idea that over-publicizing those events can can be a... um, a cause and effect to more of those events sprouting the same way whenever you show any kind of movement online or through media uh, it can lead to more of an influence of that and I thought that was insane I had no idea like I was looking at articles and things like that and then that just cropped up out of nowhere anyway that's not exactly what I wanted to talk about right but it is cool what he has done on the side of legitimate science as opposed to his pseudoscience with cryptozoology mm-hmm. um, which is one of his most notable works uh, so he even uh, was on NPR and a lot of different um, things because he was talking about Grover Krantz. I don't know if you recognize that name at all. Do not. He was another. He was an anthropologist and cryptozoologist um, that uh, uh, was one of the few that researches Bigfoot and also expressed his belief in the animal's existence. We are pulling into the station, by the way. Okay. Because I put the break before at the wrong time. Gotcha. Okay. Because <laughs> I forgot that yeah, thirty is not a break. That's it's fine. It's yeah, yeah, that's fine. We'll have I'll, an extra I'll, break. I'll tighten up a little bit of what I was about to go into okay. once we're done. Uh, or you can station. just continue after the break if you want. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's a little bit left, but uh, all right, I all guess right, we're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, just, be right back. we'll just land in now. We will be right back. Listening to the paranormal I, I Express. just put my hands together and I just kind of like <laughs> sit there just kind of shifting like, okay, I'll wait. <laughs> You are listening to KUR, the radio voice of Kutztown University. Did you miss a show? Want to hear your favorite shows on your time? Then check out our Mixcloud page, where you can hear select programming on your schedule. Mixcloud is a digital audio streaming service rethinking the platform of radio. Just go to mixcloud.com forward slash KU radio and click on the show that you want to hear. This is KUR, the radio voice of Kutztown University. Programming on KUR provided in part by the students of Kutztown University Radio. Checking campus headlines, Krista Evans will serve as Interim Vice President for Enrollment Management and Student Affairs at Kutztown University effective November 1st. Evans has been Director of Admissions at KU since May 2019. 
Quote, I'm honored to serve Kutztown University in this capacity and look forward to continued collaboration with my incredible colleagues in enrollment management and student affairs. The forthcoming appointment was announced by Kutztown University President Dr. Kenneth Hawkinson. Evans will succeed Interim Vice President Dr. Donovan McCargo, who was named to Vice President of Campus Life and Dean of Students at Arcadia University in Glenside, Pennsylvania. McCargo will begin his appointment at Arcadia December 1st. We here at KUR wish Evans and McCargo the very best with their new assignments. We check news hourly on KUR. KUR. Wow, I'm 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 shocked, Abby. I really I really am. I'm, this is this is this is fun. Yeah. The radio voice of Kutztown University. I love our background music because it's just it's there's the one that played like 20 minutes ago or so in the middle of you You know we're starting right yes welcome back to the paranormal express okay I just wanted to make sure before you went on the tangent that you knew (laughs) um what about the music um the one music that's really like quizzical it sounds like the uh the the moment of the shift of the tone of the story Mm. and like a some kind of video game where they're like, oh, this new news. It sounds like something maybe from like a Danganronpa game or something. Maybe. Anyway. I don't really um, have any video games. Spe- this is all from, you know, non-copyright yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Of course. It just it just reminds me because the, to- the tone it gives. Yeah, yeah. Reminds I me mean, there's like, that one video game song in here. I forget what it's called. Yeah. The, um, the 8-bit one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it might be it, coming up. If you're joining us now, we've been talking about oh, yeah, Desert of Lost Souls. That's either... We've either been talking about hunters of mythology or monster hunters. You were talking about your cryptozoologist. Like, yeah, I was in the middle of talking about. Um, he uh, hunts for monsters. Lauren in a Coleman. Sense. Yeah, he's a monster hunter, but more of the hunter of uh, uh, information, yeah. uh, stories. He likes to gather the information as well as hunting down people oh, who okay. falsely prove the existence of cryptozoologists. Right. No, no, no. Of cryptozoologists. the people. He's yeah. not real. No, of the of cryptids, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and uh, he was getting into talking about Grover Krantz, which is a, a very inspirational uh, anthropologist and cryptozoologist for the community in that um, he uh, would argue and present documents and, and do lectures and debates about um, human evolution and stuff like that, and that would lead into his belief in Bigfoot and things where these separations of path and human biology created interesting and weird creatures and stuff like that. Right. Uh, who, a Grover Krantz, crazy guy, his brother was a Smithsonian photographer and took a photo of his skeleton along with his dog, Clyde. Um, what, a, that photo what a name for is a dog. A, Clyde. Clyde. Yeah. yeah. A beautiful looking, I mean, I'm looking at the skeleton. I can't, I don't know what species it was, but Really interesting photo, and you can find that still at the Smithsonian, which I think is really interesting. Um, I feel like the background music that's playing right now. Yeah, that's pretty goofy. <laughs> that's goofy awe music. Um, so, uh, so some criticism did fall into Coleman's lap, unfortunately. Uh, explaining, I think it's a little bad when if you know that what you're talking about is considered pseudoscience. And you try to explain a tragic event as the result of said pseudoscience, because there was an Indiana woman who was pulled underwater by something she did not see, mm. um, and uh, Coleman claimed that it was a half-human, half-fish creature called a mer-being. 
which is a very interesting. It sounds like a very uh, non-gendered way to talk about like a mermaid. Yeah, because like, I guess they couldn't folk. assume the gender, so they just wanted to which say. Which the, the usual term is merfolk. Yeah, yeah, that's usually what it is. That then they're uh, uh, merfolk. Mer people. Uh, um, so it's uh, yeah, that just comes to uh, be with some of these things, but uh, yeah. Uh, that's what I got on Lauren Coleman. Um, I believe they have a website and some of the books they can ch you can check out if you're interested in cryptozoology or cryptids in America. So yeah, yeah. What you got for us? Yeah. Well, I mentioned earlier what I believe is one of the first. Um, I mean, there's a lot, but I think this one's like the first to get like really mainstream of like weird monsters that people believed existed for various reasons. Gotcha. Like, even the people who, like, were, um, trying to think of the term, the, like, educated people, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. I mean, the general populace believed in it, too. Maybe not everyone. But, uh, of course, it's the basilisk. Yeah. That thing terrorized everyone's imaginations for a long Where, time. What area was it, like, mainly from? Um. If there's a way to, like, point it down. Kind of southern Europe. Like Greece, over towards the Mediterranean, the Middle East, yeah. that type of area. I Lots think. of reptilian creatures there. Yeah, uh, it's a. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I feel like we talked about something similar. Not the basilisk specifically. Yeah, Asiatic snakes. Okay. That's what it says it's sort of inspired by. Asiatic snakes. I need to see a photo of that. Like the king cobra. Um. But yeah, the basilisk, I like looking into like etymology and things. So like Ooh, basilisk comes from like two separate sort of Greek words. One meaning uh, little king. Or well, it means little king in general, which is kind yeah. of funny because my middle name means little king. But yeah. in Irish or like some Celtic language. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this means like. Uh, little king, little prince, chieftain, or young ruler. Um, but the, it comes from two different components of the word. Mm -hmm. Basilisk, or what, what would make up a basil, I guess. Um, basileus is what it looks like here, possibly. Basil. It means king. Mm -hmm. And then ikos, mean, or iskos, I guess, meaning uh, diminutive. And it was uh, synonymous with another sort of mythical beast which apparently is also biblical the cockatrice or cockatrice mm, i feel like i've heard that before yeah it's pretty common as well or talked about um so the way a uh, basilisk is created in a way is a uh, a cockerel or a chicken for the layman um <laughs> is uh is uh it, it it lays an egg and then a serpent or a toad in this case apparently um yeah and uh they ink that that serpent or toad incubates that egg and then it hatches and if it's hatched uh it becomes a basilisk and uh if you don't know right. what a basilisk is in general it's like a sort of hybrid between a serpent reptilian and a chicken wait so the chicken mm -hmm. puts its egg in with the reptiles no it's the other way around. The chicken lays an egg and the reptile goes in. Reptile or amphibian, because toad. Okay. And they sit on it, basically, and incubate it. Huh. 
and it hatches and becomes. So it's like the opposite of those parasitic reptiles. Well, instead of a snake eating the chicken's egg, which is what they usually do, yeah, they uh, sit on it. Yeah, that, that's what I thought was interesting because there's there's those parasitic reptiles that will eat eggs and then replace their eggs with their yeah, own yeah. eggs so that the chicken or the bird of whatever kind takes care of it. Yeah. There's also birds that par- parasit- uh, are parasitic towards other bird species with their own eggs. Right. Well, yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah, he's um it was a very popular um monster for the uh, people to talk about in like the 1600s and actually even before that like during like the time of Pliny the Elder yeah. and stuff like that. Um I'll get to like a slang of a basilisk or one of the most popular well-known ones in a little bit. I just like talking about the monster first a little bit. Uh, there's this account. I think this is from Pliny the Elder in his uh, Natural History. I'll read the actual account, I guess. Um, or at least what I can of it, because we are nearing mm-hmm. the station. This one does have memorabilia. Um, Good. There is the same power also in the serpent called the basilisk. It is produced in the province of Cyrene, which is uh, like eastern Egypt to like, um, I don't know what country that is next to Egypt forget but i'll i'll look it up after the break and inform you um we're not at the station yet but i'll keep reading this being not more than 12 fingers in length it has a white spot on its head strongly resembling a sort of diadem uh when it hisses all the other serpents fly from it and it does not advance its body like the others by a succession of folds but moves along upright and erect upon the middle it destroys all shrubs not only by its contact but those even that it has breathed upon it burns up all the grass too and breaks the stones so tremendous is the its noxious influence it was formerly a general belief that if a man on horseback killed one of these animals with a spear the poison would run up the weapon and kill not only the rider but the horse as well. To this dreadful monster, the effluvium of the weasel is fatal. And with that, we are at the station, and we will be right back. Please enjoy that gift shop. Let let me tell you, there's a holiday deal going on with the officially licensed Paranormal Express Taco Delivery Lazy Susan set. Uh, Beautiful little device. Brings you taco seasonings in a circle around center of the table as the train rides uh separate car extra carts sold separately but uh look out for that delicious holiday item um (laughs) hello thank you for listening to the voice of kutztown university radio kur we'll be right back to paranormal express shortly but first attention ku students have you heard about ku bears grant funding the purpose of the KU Bears program is to support faculty student research pairs over the summer. The goals are for undergraduate students to develop the necessary skills to become student researchers and to provide faculty members with paid student research assistance. Undergraduate students selected for the program will receive summer pay for research tasks assigned by a faculty supervisor. By assisting faculty members in their research, students selected for the program will obtain the knowledge and skills necessary for conducting advanced research in their field. To apply and learn more about the KU Bears grant funding, please visit www.kutztown.edu/ugrc. 
and look under grants and sponsored projects. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome back, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Yes. You're listening to the Paranormal Express. I hope you got your what you call it the taco seasoning mobile. I, 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 it was the 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 officially licensed Paranormal Express taco train lazy susan. Uh, uh, um, oh yeah, lazy device. susan. I have heard of that. Or before. system. I called it a system. A system. Because it itself is not a lazy susan, though it oh. acts like one as it does oh, rotate okay. around. It's so not branded by lazy the, susan. No, it's not. I didn't know Lazy Susan was a brand. I think it is. That makes sense. I don't know. I wonder what sure. the actual name because people don't realize that. I gotta find where I was that. in this, so you can keep talking about. Yeah, Lazy uh, like, like we don't realize, like li- like Lazy Susan, uh, Velcro is an officially licensed name. It's actually called Latch and Hook. Um, duct oh, tape yeah, right here. is is an officially licensed name as well. Yes. Even though you have to specify duct tape, D U C T, not duct tape, D U C K tape. Yeah. Well, there is a brand called Duct Tape, isn't there? Is it spelled like duct? duct. And they're like logo. No, no, duck. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you got to say duct tape, not duct tape. Right. Which is very uh, frustrating if you have a, like, a fear of copyright stuff. True. Focal. Anyway. All right. Well, I found where I was in that account. So it was just okay. talking about how the effluvium of the weasel is fatal. Yes, uh, I love flu, especially the way you said it. But yeah, effluvium. Effluvium, yeah. Spooky. A thing that has been tried with success. So they're talking about the effluvium. Mm-hmm. For kings have often desired to see its body when killed. So true is it that it has pleased nature that there should be nothing without its antidote. The animal is thrown into the hole of the basilisk, which is easily known from the soil around it being infected. The weasel destroys the basilisk by its odor, but dies itself in the struggle of nature against its own self. So, yes, the weasel dies in the process. So I guess that, in a way, this, is one of the, this wasn't the slaying of the basilisk I wanted to talk about, but mm-hmm. I guess in a way that is a, a slaying of the basilisk. That sounds about right. But yeah, so that's <laughs> essentially, that's uh, Plenty of the Elder's account, I think. Mm-hmm. Looks like it. Um, I did not look up the country that uh, Cyrene was. <laughs> One second. Cyrene. Cyrene. Uh, Libya. That's the country. Yeah. It's part of Libya. Gotcha. So, like, northern Africa is where some of these take place. Um, but, yeah, I guess another, um, besides its poison that he talks about there, another major thing that has persevered i guess you could say to like modern um interpretations of uh the basilisk is its um deathly gaze which yes, like you get yeah. in the harry potter movie yeah stuff like that. isn't it if you look at its eyes or whatever yes and that movie specifically even if you see a reflection of it you uh get petrified yeah because that's what happens to a bunch of the students or if you see it through a camera a camera because it's all reflections and stuff yeah because you're still seeing a legitimate bit of it the only way you want it is if you're using a mirrorless camera mirror, mm. digital mirrorless which it did not have unfortunately at the time no. especially not during tom riddle's interactions true so. yes um, <laughs> but yes so basically what the actual slang of the basilisk was alexander the great 
he uh, ordered a mirror to be placed between his army and the basilisk, and uh, it saw its own reflection and died instantly. I cannot believe it had spent so much time not seeing its own reflection. You think it would have at that point, or before that point, but right, yeah. that's a very good way of doing it. Like, I, uh, um, 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 uh, um, who's the guy that does the thing? Uh, remember the, the <laughs> who's the guy that does the thing? <laughs> remember Clash of the Titans? Oh yeah, yeah. The the movies and was it Wrath of the Titans? That's in he, uh, Perseus. Yeah, that's Perseus. He Is holds it, up Medusa's he head. Uses and, Medusa's head to freeze. The, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's a sea monster. I forget what it was that he. Killed. I don't know. It was big and gray in the movie. Yeah. I hated that. But anyway, Wrath we have Titans reached the end of our okay. journey. <laughs> yeah, I won't go on that tangent. Thing. Yeah, I, I had to yeah. cut it off. There. No, 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 no. That's right fine. There. Yeah, it, we sometimes we have to come to a screeching halt here, but that's okay. Everybody uh, evacuate. We almost crashed <laughs> in the station, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> All right. Have a great night. <laughs> Join us next time on the Paranormal Express.